Welcome to the Monday Night Main Stage on the Main Event 365 Detroit Lions Football Analysis brought to you by musicians. We're going to talk about the Detroit Lions shellacking at the hands of the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. We're also going to look ahead to the game next week against the Chicago Bears. I'm your host, Main Event Mike, joined by our illustrious panel of headliners. It's also open mic night here on the main stage, so be sure to step up to the mic, put in your comment or question, and we'll kick it around the panel, see if we can get you some answers to what's bugging you. This is the main event, and it's time now for the first verse, because every show is like a song. The first verse brought to you by Remax Edge, the Quinn and Phaedra Bartlett team, your real estate experts. Be sure to check them out on Facebook or Instagram. Hashtag Mr. Bartlett Sells Houses. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event. We will start, as always, out on the West Coast with our West Coast stat master, Mr. Greg Rice. How are you today, Greg? Doing good. Uh, had a great Christmas. I worked all Christmas Eve, worked all Christmas, but uh, life is good in general. That's great. That's good to hear. What are your initial reactions to this Lions beatdown in Carolina? Uh, absolutely pathetic. In a game that we absolutely had to have, that Saturday went all our way and Sunday went every way against us. Um, it was uh, an absolute pathetic display of manhood. Right on. Uh, Russell Wayne, Carolina Panthers beat the Lions 37 to 23. Our illustrious producer, El Jefe, the Swami. Russ, what do you got to say about this beatdown? I know you <laughs> took it hard, buddy, but have you recovered? You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> you, oh, you really feel. Your head is full of garbage. I don't know the words of the song, but that was the Grinch. They came in and stole our Christmas, Michael. Hurt. I'm hurting on the inside. It was demoralizing, like Big Dan Davis says right there. The loss is demoralizing. We wanted to believe, my. Okay. So that's your initial reaction, demoralization. Wow. Uh, yeah, tough loss for the Get Lions. Down. Big Dan Davis in the comments gets you started. It says demoralizing <laughs> loss for the Panthers Sunday. Big chunk play after big chunk play given up by the defense. We were punched in the gut Sunday against and Sunday against the Bears. We're going to find out what kind of team we have. I think that's a spot on comment. Can this team, I mean, obviously the youngest team in the league, can they bounce back from a uh, such a, a, a terrible loss as this was. Actually, the Lions outscored the Carolina Panthers in the second half, but they had dug such a hole in the first half, they just couldn't get out of it. We'll talk now about the uh, fakers and breakers in the game. Who who performed well for the Lions and who was a faker in this game? Russ, who would you like in this game? I'm president of the Jared Goff fan club, and I tell you what, man, the offensive line, which I thought was going to be the strength of uh, of the game, really, I mean, he played very well on garbage coming at him the entire game. So I got to give Goff the, 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 the my uh, my breaker. I, I don't know who else to give it to on the Lions. Uh, as far as the fakers, oh, my gosh, I have to give it to the offensive line. I thought that they were going to go in there and punch some people in the face and it was going to be ugly for Carolina. And our guys up front lost the battle. And that is why it's demoralizing to me because it was the strength that got their asses kicked. Right. Ex exactly what we expected the Lions to do to them. They did to us. I mean, that's that's a spot on yeah. analysis. And your boy, yeah. Jared Goff, 25 of 42 for 355 yards and three touchdowns, uh, zero interceptions. So, 
Can't put this one on golf, all the golf haters, for sure. When you consider that the Carolina Panthers were mostly rushing three all day. They rushed three, four, never more than that. Very rarely were they rushing more than that uh, that I saw. Um, they were getting pressure. Brian Burns, uh, just a stud on defense. Um, for me, he's the breaker. Uh, he only had two tackles, but they were both sacks, and they both came on three-man fronts. Um, so he just beat Frank Ragnow and Taylor Decker on one really bad. Taylor, he made Taylor Decker whiff on one. So my breakers, Brian Burns for, for really showing up. And uh, my my game breaker is Khalif Raymond. Uh, only had one catch, but it was a big one for 56 yards. And, uh, you know, it's hard not to give it to Shane Zilstra in this, but I'll save that for Greg Rice. Greg, who'd you like for fakers or breakers in this game? Uh, for breakers, man, I'll, I'll give it to our entire tight end room. You know, uh, when it comes okay. down to it, um, they, they came through for us. They, they really did. Um, that's about it on offense golf. The stats look great. He did his best. That fumble just absolutely killed us. And I think it was more of a miscue. Frank Ragnow had one of his worst games I've ever seen him in a lion's uniform. Um, but I'm not going to candy coat the stats either. Uh, two thirds of those passing yard totals, uh, K of golf's came when we were down three possessions. So talk about garbage time stats a little bit. I used to get on Stafford for it. Golf doesn't get a pass either. Um, and uh, in terms of the defense, uh, you know, let's go, let's go straight to fakers. Um, all uh, I'd say all 49 players not named in our tight end room and Jerry Jacobs, Jerry Jacobs had a meth day. He, he got posterized, but, um, and you know, what? I'll, I'll give a pass to Rodrigo. This is essentially his second, maybe third bad game he's had. Other than that, the Detroit, entire Detroit Lions franchise, that was absolutely pathetic and embarrassing. And uh, this, I, I understand what Lions fans say when they say SOL. This was an SOL game if I'd ever seen one in my life. It was beyond pathetic. They did not come to play. There was no energy. The Panthers wanted it. Mike, you touched on it last week. Um, these guys love Steve Wilkes, and they played with heart, effort, moxie. Uh, it was beyond pathetic and a complete SOL game if I ever saw one. The Carolina Panthers generated 570 total yards in this game on offense. So I can't give Rodrigo a pass either. Uh, they had 320 rushing yards against us. And a lot of that was just simple off-tackle trap plays. Um yeah. Um, poor gap discipline by the, yes. the Detroit defense, including Rodrigo. Yes. I saw several plays where Rodrigo and Kirby Joseph were covering the same gap, and, yep. and they completely got fooled by a simple misdirection run that every NFL team runs. Yes, Hard to understand. Dan Campbell in his postgame presser on Monday said uh, that they just didn't come ready to play. Mentally, physically, and emotionally, they were not ready. And those are three things that Dan Campbell touched on, all three things. And when your head's not in it and your body's not right, they just were out of it that entire first half. Like I said, they did look good in the second half, uh, much better. They were able to stop the bleeding and actually outscore Carolina in the second half, but could not overcome the hole they had dug in the first half. So let's talk about that offense now. Because Goffence is a registered trademark of the main event 360 <laughs> reserve. The Goffence, Jared Goff. We talked like about that. Jared Goff's um, stats. Amon Ross St. Brown has seven catches for 76 yards. He continues to be a stud. Of course, we mentioned Saint Z Zane, Shane Zilstra, a tight end that is not named Hawkinson, with three, count them, three touchdowns in the game. And he had five catches total for 26 yards. Uh, only 45 yards rushing. The Goffence sputtered. 
but heck, they were in such a hole so early. Yep. Uh, it came down to a point where they had to throw passes. What did you see from this golf fence, Russ? Well, I saw a golf fence that was actually moving the ball at the beginning and then that terrible play. I mean, when it comes down to your best players that make the mistake between Frank Ragnow and an exchange between him and Jared Goff, it's like you know that it's going to be a long day when you go all the way down there and do that. Um, I'm not – I mean, the, the, the golf fence was – was decent and they did get some garbage yards at the end of the game. I will acknowledge that not all of those stats were in meaningful times, but there was a lot of it that was in meaningful times. It's really uh, the the defense that deserves more of the blame on that. The golf fence was, was, was decent, not great. How about you, Greg? Golf fence, did it show up? They put up 23 <laughs> points on a decent defense. Yeah, but but like I said, a lot of this came when we were already down three possessions. I mean, you look at DeAndre Swift, four carries for 12 yards. Swaggy, seven for 11, and I'm not talking the store. Jackson managed to get a carry for negative one yard. Um, like I said, I'll give a shout-out to the tight end uh, room. Eight receptions, three first downs, three TDs, all by Zilstra. I, I mean – I'll put it to you like this, you guys. Our three lowest-graded players, according to PFF, was Frank Ragnow, Evan Brown, and Jonah Jackson. Uh, wow. Derek Brown, Derek Brown, who uh, no one's mentioned, this is the guy the Carolina Panthers drafted and expected to get, was an absolute nightmare. Uh, he yes. just destroying all of them. Brian Burns, as you touched on, um, this was such a pathetic performance, you guys. Our line gave up 16 pressures, two sacks, uh, the 16 pressures came out to two sacks, five quarterback hits, nine hurries, four, four passes batted down. Um, 12 of our 18 players, or excuse me, 12 of the 18 players on the Panthers' defense had above average to elite grades. Um, the only one who didn't really cut it, who I was worried about, was J.C. Horn. Uh, he what who did I think end up leaving the game for a minute? Uh, was targeted five times, gave up five receptions for 100 yards. That's really the only silver lining, you guys. Um, this offensive line, this is the worst performance I can say I've seen since uh, Belichick uh, took us to the whooping shed. Um, it, it, it's really hard to highlight anything that went right in this golf. Jared Goff didn't have a bad day, per se. Um, and, and, you know, he had no running game to help him out. It's just, you know, we'll, we'll touch on the JMO thing a little bit later. I really find this dynamic very interesting and his lack of targets – this deep into the season when we need him. Yeah, one of our Facebook users chiming in with whatever happened to getting JMO more targets. Yes, I sir. think that's, that's definitely right. a valid call out, but I, I'm going to go ahead and give a pass. He's a young player. He's a rookie that hasn't been through training camp. He hasn't been. And, and now you're behind in the game. You need the guys that you know you can trust. Yeah. Um, so I, I really don't fault the Lions for not getting him that much. I mean, once we're in garbage time, hey, let's. why didn't we let the kid go at that point? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I get that. But uh, Dan Campbell said he never really gave up on the game, though. You know, he never thought about pulling golf um, because he he really thought that maybe we could get a score, an onside kick, another score, and maybe we're right. back into it. And personally, just me, I love that mentality uh, from the coach Campbell. Um, don't give up. Never give up. Yeah. So I really appreciate right. that. And I think maybe putting JMO in and giving him a bigger load at that time might have yeah. been kind of a signal of giving up, right? Um, like we're putting in a right. guy that, you know, we don't really trust that much. So uh, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's okay. 
Next week at Chicago, though, Facebook user, I agree with you. I want to see JMO get some targets. We only got two games left in the season. I wanted to talk silver lining, and sometimes silver lining is getting your ass kicked. And uh, and Dan Campbell hit on this in his presser, and it really resonated with me. It was like it was the strength of our team that got their ass kicked. We yep. went in there thinking they were one way, and I know that it's not going to take a high-end amount of coaching to go to those guys and be like, look, you can't let anybody bully you like that you're you're the guys you're the our bullies we're the ones that got to be the bullies in that situation and like i don't even blame any of the skill players on the offensive side of the ball it came down to the offensive line didn't do what they were paid to do and i think that they should it should light a fire underneath of their ass and uh i i would hate to be chicago's defensive line right that's a, that's a great point and a great topic that we could talk about after we yep. talk about the defense. Since we talked about let's the offense, the offense, let's talk about that defense no. uh, that got gashed uh, in the running game for 320 yards by the Carolina Panthers. We talked about Ouch. it already. Some poor gap discipline. Um, I, I didn't see anything on this defense. They just looked dead. Aiden Hutchinson was a no-show. I mean – we just got manhandled by the Carolina Panthers. It was a bit shocking when you consider the way that we had been playing the run in the last three weeks, limiting teams to 40 yards, 29 yards, 50 yards for an entire game. Right. All of the running backs to mind, Chuba Hubbard. Who? Yeah. Chuba Hubbard yeah. had 12 carries for 125 yards. Deonta Foreman, 21 carries for 125 yards and a touchdown. They looked like Hell. men among boys running across, across this defense. Greg Rice, can you make sense of it for me? You know, let me let me just step into some some of the grading according to PFF. Um, shout out to James Houston uh, with your with your eighty seven grade, borderline elite. Derek Barnes, our second best player, at eighty point seven. Um, after that, you guys, it, it just gets pathetic, and I'm going to tell you how pathetic it gets. Uh, Mike Hughes, our uh, nickel corner, sometimes outside corner, was our high, highest graded uh, run defender. Um, we only managed to get five pressures, uh, no sacks. Melifonu tied with Hutch for, for two pressures. Houston grabbed one. Um, uh, essentially, there were 12 players out of 20 graded with a subpar grading. Uh, four of those players with, with an above-average grade um, only managed to play two snaps apiece. Um, now, now let's just break it down here. 570 yards, uh, uh, 320 rushing, 250 uh the Panthers scored on seven of 10 possessions. Kirby Joseph missed three tackles, three big tackles. Aiden Hutchinson was a non-factor. Once again, this is the second time he has been a no-show going up against someone in his rookie class. Absolutely pathetic play. And I sit there and I look across at the guy, uh, Mr. Kayvon Thibodeau, who has taken it to a whole nother level with the New York Giants. And it's just, I can't help but wonder. Um, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> the, the Carolina Panthers... Uh, had 139 yards before contact. The Carolina Panthers running backs had 139 yards before contact. Before contact, which would explain why our leading tacklers yes. were all in the secretary. Melifanmu right. Okuda. Um, uh, Russ, you had said something earlier. I mean, they, they were 12 yards deep into the defensive backfield before anybody touched them all game. Isn't that what you were pointing out? Well, I mean, he said it right there. Mike Hughes was our best run defender. But if you're a cornerback and you're the one that's the best run defender, that means that they've already gotten by all your defensive yeah. linemen that were supposed to stop them. Yeah. So 
gosh, I'm looking up there by the end of the game. It was just like the silver lining is as bad as the game was. Counts as one loss, even though it was so bad. It should have counted for two losses. But, man, these guys had more rush yards than they did fans. Yeah. Right. Good call out. Uh, one of our comments, uh, the Facebook user says it was a very humbling game. Big Dan Davis says we need to come out and run the ball. He'd like to see 30 plus carries in Chicago. I agree with that, Dan, for sure. He says yeah. Okuda had a poor performance as well Sunday. Uh, he was yep. getting beat bad yeah. in coverage. He was yep. so bad that yeah. Dan Campbell pulled him out in favor of Mike Hughes. Um, and Dan Campbell did address that in his post-game presser, saying that uh, Jeff will get it together and he'll be back next week. I firmly believe that as well. There were yeah. a lot of bad performances on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Facebook user says Okuda got benched in the second half. And uh, Killer Cook says the whole team sucked. So, <laughs> Russ, what do you got to say? Anything else about this defense? I mean, it was pretty bad. I I'd like to move I mean, on past this game. I mean, as you as got your as ass kicked. And chew on that. That's your yeah. defense. Your defense got your ass kicked. Chew on that for a week and go into uh, into the Chicago game and play better. Like be tougher. That's what that's what the message. That's my final message. So my question for you, Russ, do you think this team will learn from this loss, and they are going to win out the last two games because they're young, resilient, well coached, and they are going to overcome this? Is that what you think? I think they're going to win their next three games for sure. I think wow. uh, three I games. Mean, this is this is a wake up. Ball. Let me get let me get in here. And I know I'm the biggest homer in the world right here. But but when it comes off, getting your ass kicked is something that I mean it's humbling. They're going to come in with a certain kind of intensity for the rest of the year. And the road goes through Lambeau Field. We knew it was going to be Lambeau Field. You need to win this game. Dan Campbell, you need to win this game. If you want to prove that you have changed the culture and that it is different after getting your ass kicked, win your last three games. Playoffs. Are we still alive, Greg? Break that analysis down for us, like you said, Saturday and Sunday in the application. This is going to be a little long-winded. Excuse me. Um, I've done this with a clear head taking all the emotion out of it. I'll, I'll just preface this by saying, uh, forget the playoffs. Give me the whole screen. With the, thank you. With the results we needed, everything happened in our favor on Saturday, except our Detroit Lions showing up. The Seahawks lost. The Giants lost. The Commanders lost. It was an absolute pathetic display. We were outcoached, outplayed, and essentially just outclassed by a team that, that traded away their best offensive player, traded away their second-best wide receiver, faced an interim head coach, what happened there? Uh, I'm not ready to talk about playoffs. And I, I got to do it with some Lions fans on social media who are of the mindset that, oh, yeah, we're no, you guys, this is the NFL. This isn't the NBA. This isn't Major League Baseball where you can afford to lose key games when you're in a wild card hunt when you got 20, 40 games left. It does not work like that. This was our week. This was our chance to catch up. And we absolutely crapped the bed. Dan Campbell, you should be ashamed of yourself for allowing these boys to come on and put that on national air. That was absolutely disgusting. Now, for the people that are sitting here saying, oh, we still got it. I understand that. I, I, I seen the scores just like you did. Let me break it down to you like this. Uh, there better be every Lions fan in this room tuning in to that Eagles-Saints game this week because I'm going to put it to you like this. If the Eagles beat the Saints, and uh, let's just say uh, uh, the, the, if the Eagles beat the Saints, that's it. That's it. Conference over. 
They are resting their starters, which is really bad for us Lions fans because, uh, let's see here, the Eagles happen to finish off against, who do I got here? The Giants. So we can almost just put the Giants out of the way, needing to lose out the rest of the way. Not going to happen. Okay, let's go to the Commanders. With that Eagles win, they sew up the conference, like I said. Now you have the Dallas Cowboys, okay? The Dallas Cowboys, with their playoff spot guaranteed already, no need for them to play their starters. Guess who they play uh, to finish the season off against? The Commanders. This was a game the Detroit Lions absolutely needed. So do you fans saying, oh, we're keeping pace by losing? Absolutely not relevant. Absolutely just unreal thinking. That makes me sick to think that Lions fans, uh, some of them justifying this loss, and it all ties into that SOL mentality of justifying losses in games that we had to win. We get on SOL fans, the ones that always think we're going to lose. I get that. But to the fans who justify losses in games that we needed to win, I'm sorry, I cannot get behind that. This was an absolute sick, disgusting game. Everything on Sunday that could went wrong did go wrong. The Packers are getting hot at just the right time. We need to go in. Uh, we need to go into Ford Field this week and absolutely dominate the Bears. Because if we do not dominate the Bears and we pull out a game like we did our last game against the Bears at Soldier, then we are not beating the Packers. And let's be real here, Dan Campbell at the end of the day, what do you want a cookie for going 500 twice in a season? That might be Lions good. That is not NFL good. And that product you put on the field on Saturday was absolutely inexcusable. You want to talk about culture change? Show me. I'm not even talking about playoffs. Just beat the Bears. Just beat the Packers. Wow. What a rant by at Greg Rice 20. <laughs> I love it, brother. Thank you for yep. those hot takes. He covered just about all of it, I think. Um, Lions do lose to the Panthers 37-23. They make Sam Darnold look like Tom Brady. Uh, Darnold spread it out pretty good. He, he spread it to seven different uh, receivers. They were four of six in the red zone. He found his number one receiver, DJ Moore, five times for 83 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Sam Darnold, 15 of 22 for 250 yards. Might sound, sound kind of pedestrian numbers, but when you're rushed for 320 yards, you don't <laughs> have to be Dan Marino, let's face it. So let's. I know Dan Campbell and the Lions want to put this game behind them. I know Russell Wayne wants to put this game behind him. I want to put this game behind him. Let's put a bow on it. Let's end this verse. Brought to you by Remax Edge, the Queen of Favorite part of the team. Time now for the chorus. Every show is like a song here on the main event, and the chorus is brought to you by MattPatriciaStupidFace.com. Go to MattPatriciaStupidFace.com and enter your chance to win an NFL jersey, courtesy C of NFLShop.com and the main event 365. It's time now for our little segment that we like to call... No, gonna bring in a Chicago bye. Bears fan now. Well, I guess now we'll welcome to the program Mike the Bear fan. Welcome to the program, Mike. Welcome to the main stage. How are you? Good, good. Appreciate you guys having me come on for sure. But we really appreciate having you. You're coming off a pretty tough loss against the Buffalo Bills, thirty-five to thirteen, uh, at your house, right? Yep. Unfortunately, yes. That had to that had to be pretty bad. Any any silver linings out of that truck sticking you took in Chicago? Uh, I mean we controlled the ball the most. I mean, there wasn't much after that I could see. You did win time of possession. Buffalo but, scored so quick you got the ball back. So you were able to control the clock. Twelve on third downs. Two for twelve. That's terrible. And we two for twelve on third down, one, one for four on fourth down. down. One for <laughs> Um, one silver lining I did notice from this game is you got Vellis Jones back. 
And uh, it was great for him to get his feet wet and start getting into the mix a little bit there. He had two catches for 52 yards, but he also had 113 return yards. So that's something maybe promising to look forward to to the last couple of weeks of the season, maybe into next year. What do you? What did you see from that rookie? Well, I've been watching him all year. At first, it's like, man, he's just – I don't know if he's nervous or what, but he started the year off terrible. But yeah. he's actually, I think, throwing them nerves away. He's been playing better and better, and last week he did real good. And that's why we got him is for the return because he was dangerous on the return. Yeah, didn't he get hurt at the beginning of the year, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and now he's getting back, and he's finally starting to get into the groove and maybe see what you guys had uh, saw in him when you drafted him there out of Tennessee. So Cole Komet continues to be Justin Fields' favorite target, five catches for 27 yards against Buffalo. The Lions happen to be the worst team in the NFL giving up yards to the tight end. Do you see Cole Komet uh, ready to, to, to bust out in Ford Field? I don't know if he'll bust out because uh, Bears offense totally switched this game. They basically went to a running quarter, quarterback play calls a lot. You know what I mean? So it opens him up. He's got to use his legs, you know. But he's yeah. definitely – I think he'll get like six six to eight targets personally. Okay. Nice. Okay. And uh, we're going to kick it over to Greg Rice out on the West Coast for uh, Mike the Bear fan. Greg, what, you got a question for Mike? Yeah. First of all, I just want to thank Mike for coming on. Uh, Mike runs the house, the house hall report at uh, Sunday early in the morning, correct? Yes, sir. Hour before kickoff. Great show, you guys. You guys get a chance. Check it out, man. Very informative. Very good people. Um, Yeah, Mike, so I just want to ask you something, man. So, look, I understand it's been a little bit uh, rough of a year for the Bears. Um, I, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I, I don't have too much to say after this game on Saturday. But one thing I do want to ask is how would you grade your, your rookie class overall in its performance? Um, people that have made it and people that have kind of faded and, and you could look to draft the replacement next year. Well, I think our rookie class has been probably one of the better ones out of the last 20 something years, I'd say. Yeah. You know what I mean, I mean, we got plenty of starters. We got Kyler Gordon at uh corner, which yeah. is had a shaky year, but I mean, he's rookie, you know, yeah. he stepped in there, but I think the ball out player is brisker. He's yeah. very talented. He's very explosive. You know what I mean? He was out a couple weeks for concussion protocol, but yeah. And then you got Braxton Jones. He's played every snap on the offense. I think nice. the only offensive player to do that for the Bears. Hmm, nice. And then you got to talk about Jack Sanborn. I mean, yes, he's unrestricted free agent, and he's only played ten games, and he led the team in tackles in those ten games. Yeah, nice. He he, he was doing DoorDash pre prior to the season, right? Yes, yes, he was. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I made that up. I don't. I don't know if that's true. I just made that up. <laughs> it I sounds good though. <laughs> I, I knew where you're going with it. <laughs> but no, at the beginning of the year, I knew it was going to be rough because that last regime was really burying us, and unfortunately, yeah. we had to make a big moves, and we made a lot of them even during the season, trading for Claypool, getting rid of Roquan. Like he was my favorite player on the Bears squad, and they just got rid of him. I personally yeah. couldn't believe it, but at an organization point, you know, you gave him your last offer at the beginning of the year. He didn't take it. Obviously, you're not going to come to an agreement, so you might as well get something than nothing. 
Right. And I'm glad you mentioned Roquan Smith. I was going to kick it over to Russ, but that was actually going to be my question. So we'll go to that now. Uh, Roquan Smith, of course, this week, just named to the Pro Bowl. Um, how does that make you feel, Mike? I mean, uh, well, knowing that you let – I mean, he already was your best player, but now it's just confirmed with his Pro Bowl selection as a starter. How does that make you feel knowing your team let a guy like that go? Kind of rough. I mean, honestly – you yeah. know what I mean? But personally, he wouldn't be in the Pro Bowl if it wasn't for Chicago, him it, being Chicago. How's that? Every year from his rookie year, he's yeah. led the team in tackles. He's only been out, I think, two games his whole career because it was – he had. I'm not saying mental problems, but he had some personal problems going on. He took care of them. And other than that, he's been healthy. He has not been hurt, like – He's a beast, you know what I mean? He is a beast. I'm not sure how the Bears get credit for that, but okay, I, I agree with you. The guy's a beast. They, the knock on him was that he was undersized, but he's one of the best coverage linebackers in the league for sure. And it's just, I'm trying to make sense of the move. We had a couple of guys from a podcast in Chicago uh, back in week uh, 10 when we played the Bears, and uh, I asked them to make sense of it, and they couldn't make sense of it. And I'm asking you, make sense for me. Why did the Bears do this? Get rid of Robert Quinn and a Pro Bowl linebacker like Roquan Smith. What's the thing? Was it salary cap? Or, or, or he, you were going to lose him anyway, so you might as well get something? What was it? Pretty much all of the above, I would say. You know no. what I mean? He was the biggest cap on the defense, and he only had one good year. Yeah, it was last year with breaking no. the – you know, the – record for the bears for a single season sack leader but yeah. i mean if you look at the full thing they got rid of him yeah but what, what what's he done for one he got hurt and they voided out the last two con years of his contract too so they didn't have to pay him okay so it was a salary cap move yes well they make salary cap moves a lot of times when they're in a rebuild are you willing to say the chicago's in a rebuild Come on, we we vamped our whole. Oh, we all know they're in a rebuild, but I can't get Bears fans to admit that they're in a rebuild. <laughs> rebuild. If if they're not gonna admit that it's not a rebuild, they're lying to you. We literally changed right. everything. Yeah. everything. Yeah. Thank you. One hundred percent. Thank you, Mike, the Bear I, fan. All you other Bear fans, pay attention. The man knows what he's talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, we got a lot of good key players, you know, to look forward to. You know what I mean? But the question is really. We're going to have a great, great draft position, not to mention yeah. a shit ton of money. Yeah. The question is, what are they going to do with that money? Mm -hmm. I hope they trade out and go get Hopkins or something. Because imagine Mooney, Hopkins, and Claypool. Wow. Ooh, DeAndre wee. Hopkins and a bear. Right there, there wouldn't I don't want to see that. From Justin. <laughs> oh, why he yeah. don't have anybody. That's three good yeah. receivers right there. Yes, sir. Right. Mooney would lose his number one spot for sure. Hey, Russ, you have, you have a question for Mike the Bear fan? Yeah, I mean, I'm envious of the Bears and a little bit when it comes to the Madden-style uh, offseason that you guys are about ready to go into. Yes, sir. And uh, Mike was like 130 million or something like that in cap, and then you got some pretty good draft picks too. So my question to you, Mike, is Justin Fields is going to his third season. Now – you're in a rebuild. You acknowledge that you're in a rebuild. Is Justin Fields the guy that you're going to build around, or is he your block that is just going to get you to building the entire team and then dropping a quarterback in? Well, 
that could go either way. You know what I mean? Of course, I'm going to have high hopes for the kid. You know what I mean? He's explosive. You know, he's very athletic. He's like, you know, Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick. You know, I just yeah. I just wish he would go to more of a throw first instead of run first. Right. You know what I mean? You're a quarterback. You're not a running back. Yeah. So what I mean, but but what do you think? Like in your gut, right? I personally right now. Think, yes, he's gonna be the one to build around. Will it be Justin Fields is the guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, that's that's what I wanted to know, man. Thank you. Our next question comes from the gallery from Jacob Lyle, who says, in six of Justin Fields' last eight games, he's led his team in both passing and rushing. And Mike, I want to ask you. On behalf of Jacob, do you think they should let Justin Fields continue to run like this? Because if you continue to let him run like this, we're not going to be talking about his career like Mike Vick. We're going to be talking about his career like RG3, mm. where it's only three or four years long. So maybe you should let some other guys in the game while they're rebuilding to see who could fit in the future. Do you think they should let Justin Fields continue to run like this? I believe everybody would say no. Yeah. You don't want to do that because, like you yep. said, he's just going to end up hurt and, you know, killing his career. We got yeah. decent running backs. Feed them. We got Monic Montgomery and Herbert. Like, that's a yeah. good duo. You know, the yeah. question is there, like, is Monty going to be here next year? That's the question. You know, and really nobody knows because yeah. what, what's the plan? You know, I yeah. haven't really been right on any call that I've made from the draft to the season. Like, it's been just totally flippy dude. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's going is I, I got good things for it, you know. I, I try. It, it, it does kind of feel like they're hanging Justin Fields out to dry, right? I mean, they're just – go I do it, kid. To dry, they're just trying to stay in the into the game. And since we got Claypool, he hasn't really done much. Is it like he's not learning the offense? Like, what is it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. we've been banged up all year, left and right, so – it's it's just tough. I believe he's going to get his carries, but they're going to give it more to the running backs. But don't get me wrong. He's going to get his carries for sure. I don't think he's going to beat Lamar Jackson's rushing record. I mean, unless he goes for like 150, 160 on the Lions this weekend. But Well, in week, 10, possible. In week <laughs> 10, the Lions beat the Bears 31-30, and Justin Fields ran for 147 yards and two touchdowns. Are you looking for Justin Fields to have that kind of production in Ford Field this week? It'd be nice, for sure. But like I said, I'd rather see him open it up to, you know, Pringle and them other guys. Yeah, I agree. It would be nice to see him run that much and us win again. That would be great. (laughs) Well, like I said at the beginning, I don't see the Bears winning another game this year. Wow. Wow. Who do do the Bears have after the Lions? The Vikings. Oh, well. (laughs) <laughs> I no. love it, Mike. But, but realistically, I mean, the Vikings isn't going to do anything with that defense. And true, in, in the in the Lions and the Packers need help. You know what I mean? And like yep. you said earlier, they everything went your way except for the W. You yep. know, the Packers are just you know they're they're like yeah everything went our way and we won like yeah, but they got to <laughs> win out for everything and need help. Is it right. possible? Yep. Yeah, but I mean. Anything can happen in this league. (laughs) Well, uh, I want to talk about draft needs now, about the Chicago Bears coming up. They're obviously going to have a top five draft pick, right? Yep. Yep. So what are you looking for for the Bears to take with that first pick? Or are you looking for them to trade back and get more draft capital? 
I believe they will trade back because Poles, his specialty is drafting. And his first year, which is this year, he did a great draft for what he had and what he yeah. changed it to be. Turned out great. Yeah. And now we're going to have a top two pick. We're probably going to get the number two. We're not going to get the number one. It's impossible. Can't do it. So I think they're going to trade down, but our needs is offensive line, alignment, but we really need a lot of help on that defensive line. We don't have yeah. pressure. We, they put you're you're, you're going to have a chance to draft Will Anderson from Alabama. You're going to have a chance to draft Jalen Carter from Georgia. And if you need help on the defensive line so much, why wouldn't you take game-changing guys like that rather than trade back? Depends who you trade back to. There's a lot of what ifs. You yeah. know what I mean? I would like any two of those names that yeah. were up there. You know what I mean? 100%. But one one of the two guys could possibly be there at the five spot. And if we trade down to the five spot, we could possibly get one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a good point because there are a few teams that are going to need a quarterback this year. Uh, obviously, Chicago has their quarterback in place. So uh, I definitely I think Chicago's in a prime spot to move back, still get the guy they want, and get some more draft capital. Um, Jaquan Brisker, can't say enough about this kid. I think he's a future pro bowler. Uh, Russ and I were pining for him on draft day for the Lions to draft him. And, of course, then Brad Holmes shocked the world, moved up 20 spots to take Jamison Williams. So uh, Jaquan Brisker, uh, so far, and Kyler Gordon, I think for what the Bears had, I know they didn't even have a first round pick, right? They did pretty darn good, yeah. uh, considering they didn't have much to work with. So I, I like your take on that. Um, that and you think they'll move back so another team can get a quarterback. I think that's definitely a realistic possibility. One of our uh, gallery people, Jacob, says Jalen Carter sure won't be there at five. Maybe Anderson, but only because he's shown to have penalty issues. I don't think either of those guys will be there, Jacob, myself. All right, well, moving on. Time to move on now to our section that we like to call the bridge. Has anybody seen the bridge? Where's that confounded bridge? Brought to you by Mothers of Joy, a nonprofit organization helping mothers and their children. So we're going to talk now about this upcoming game in Ford Field. Bears don't have really anything to play for. Lions are trying to win out to win their their uh, keep their playoff hopes alive, but obviously the Bears division rival they want to spoil it for the Lions. Hey, we've got a new member of our panel just joined us. It's Guy, the Skywalker Guy from the CNG podcast from Chicago. He's a Bears fan too, Mike. How you doing, Guy? Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas Welcome back to the program, man. Guy. It's so great to have you. What do you see? Right. What do you see? And give us your thoughts on this game coming up between the Bears and the Lions. Oh, we're gonna we, we should come out there and try to beat you guys. If everything is locked up for the Bears as far as that second overall pick, and we get you guys outside of the playoffs, you guys don't get in, and we can beat y'all. That's 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 a win in my book. We yeah. keep our pick, we keep y'all out of the playoffs because y'all got smoked this weekend too against Carolina. Yep. So let's let's not forget about that. So yeah. if we can have a good division rivalry game. And um, and we can beat you guys to keep you out the playoffs, man. That's a successful year. And that that in itself should be enough motivation for the Bears to come in and play hard and, and make it a game. Yeah, but yeah. say they do come in and win, that number two spot is not locked in. We if got the Bears do win. Yeah, we got three yeah. wins. There's a couple teams with four wins. So if you win, you're just hurting yourself for that draft capital. Well, we don't mm -hmm. have really anything to play yeah. for this year except for the future. 
Ooh, that that kind of changes things a bit, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, the Bears might be better off losing this game. What do you think of that guy? I mean, yeah, of course. You know, I was saying hypothetically speaking, if we can lock it up, or whoever gets the fifth win, whoever these the Texans or whoever, yeah, if we if we could have locked it up this weekend for sure, I would have said let's beat the Lions. But going forward, the Bears have a hundred million in cap space, at the yeah. least the number three overall pick. Uh, Justin Fields was looking like the franchise quarterback we've been looking for for 102 years. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's all up for Chicago right now. There's really nothing for, you know, for us to really yeah. be, you know, focusing on, but going into next year in free agency. Is the fan base in Chicago, they're, they're, they're that excited for this Justin Fields guy, right? I mean, they, they don't, they don't see a problem with him running all that much and, and you know, putting himself uh, out there and potentially being a corpse. What do they know about having years? a quarterback, man? What do they yeah. know? What do we know about having an elite quarterback as a Bears fan? What do yeah. we know? Yeah. You don't. If you really don't know football. They don't really know what Justin Fields really is. You know, yeah, just saying he point. can't throw. He's inconsistent. You know, everything of that nature. But nobody really, nobody, this fan base doesn't really know what they have in Justin Fields. But I see a lot of other, you know, Bears groups and pages. It's just like he's not the one. All he do is run. It's like everybody's going yeah. off a narrative that he's a he's a yeah. running back and he's not. There are Bears fans there, bagging on the quarterback, just like there are Lions fans bagging on our quarterback. Yeah, hey, what's up, guy? Thank you for coming on the show on short notice, man. Merry Christmas, man. I I, I hope you had a great Christmas. So I, I guess my question would be is um, what are your thoughts on this overall draft class? You know, I, I'm going to be real with you. Uh, I'm in I'm in a lot of these social media things, and I and how we met. I give Bears a, a lot of a lot of crap for for their draft. I actually like the draft you guys just recently had. I think Ryan Poles did the best he could with with in a very limited small scope situation, and he brought some players in. What are your thoughts on this draft class as compared to uh, your previous Ryan GM and some past Bears drafts? And this Bears draft has been. You know, it's been more hits than misses, man. Um, yeah. Braxton Jones, the left tackle, he's like the top-graded rookie in his draft class as a tackle. Jack Sanborn, undrafted. Yeah. Guy's yep. looking like he's going to be our starter in the linebacker position. Um, you got Jaquan Brisker out here looking like an all-pro and a defensive rookie of the year. Nice. Uh, you got Kyle Gordon, the other cornerback, coming along nicely. Three mm -hmm. interceptions in three straight games. You know what I mean? Then you got – like I say, you just got guys everywhere. You got Jenkins where we didn't draft him. He didn't draft him, but the draft class is looking good for him. He can't even complain. Yeah. Bayless Jones, the, the guy that's the uh supposed to be the, <laughs> the kick returner, he's not doing too well, but you know, he's like he's trying to bring it around, man. So yeah. Ryan Poles did exactly what he could with, with the draft picks that we had at his at his disposal, man. Nobody's yeah. saying Jack Sandburn, nobody saw this. If yeah. anybody been watching the Bears and watching Jack Sandburn Sanborn, it's, it's nobody saw that coming, man. What a gym. I think it's interesting that I asked Mike the Bear fan what the what the draft needs were for the Bears, and he did not mention wide receiver. What do you think the, the major draft needs are for this team going into the draft? Defense, man. It's going to have to be yeah. either, you know, the, Bear, the Bears are in a position where they, they could get two, a generational talent at the three technique, technique tackle or the online backer in Will Anderson Jr. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going defense first, man. We got we to gotta get to the quarterback. Uh, we couldn't get to the quarterback this year, and we've seen that, and Mike knows that. So, you know, I want a three-technique guy to stop that run, but if we can get Will Anderson at number two to stop, you know, get us a pass rush to be the engine for that defense, man, we got to go deep. We got to go Will Anderson, man. And I want Jason Carter bad, but we can't get to the quarterback. This yeah. this Bears defense – or, excuse me, this Bears roster 
he's pretty depleted. I mean, some of those high highlight names that you mentioned right there in that take are great, but I mean, you could easily go offensive line on this team, right? I mean, you could, you could say that's the biggest need on this team is offensive line. Uh, they can't protect Justin Fields, let alone, well, let's forget about getting to the quarterback. They can't even keep their quarterback in the pocket. So, uh, wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line, help all over the defense. Um, I think I like Mike Mike's, and because of that, I think I like Mike's take of trading back because you need so many other pieces. What do you think about that guy? You know that, that's that's true, but it just depends on what's out there and what we can get. You know, we're sitting at the top of the top of the draft board. We yeah. should be able to do what we want. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm at a point to whatever yeah. works works. Just as a fan, because I need just, we all want Justin Fields protected. But it just depends on what we can get, and I'm with it. It doesn't matter if we draft him back or we got two for one or four pick and, and it's 15 pick. I don't care. As long as we yeah. get everything that we need to be a plug these holes on his team, man, because Justin is going to get killed out there. He already said he's not trying to run like this next year. Somebody asked him, you plan on rushing like this every year? He said, no, sir. So he's putting <laughs> the organization on notice already. Like, look, I'm not trying to run like this, man. I'm not trying to run like this. Guy, guy, I want to ask so, you, are the you know, Chicago um, Bears in a rebuild? Okay. Absolutely, we're in a okay. rebuild. He's that, two for two. That's two Bear fans out of 30 million that have said they're in a rebuild. I appreciate that guy. Thank you. Now, what year of the rebuild are they in? The first year. This man. year one? This is the first this year. This year one? Yes. We're going, we're going to go one to three. We're going to skip two. <laughs> you got your quarterback last, uh, two years ago now, right? I mean, he's not a rookie this year. He was a rookie last year. Well, if so, you're, so wouldn't last year be year one of the rebuild? No, not, it depends on, to me personally, it's the organization that got hired. This is their first yeah. time at bat. So okay. this is Justin's first, this is their organ. This is their rebuild. Justin might not okay, be a so, rookie, but this is their rebuild. This, yeah, so this your new general manager, rebuild. this is year one for him? Absolutely. Well, I think it's fair to say it could be year two of the rebuild and a new GM was part of that rebuild process, right? Uh, I think that's definitely valid. So whether it's year one or year two, the Lions are 100% in year two of a rebuild. So I want to ask you, Guy, who's further ahead in their rebuild? Because Chicago has their quarterback or because the Lions have done that draft all defense thing you're talking about? Excuse me. Who's further ahead in the rebuild? I have to go with you guys, man, for sure. Because that's because, you know, as much as we potentially we see from Justin as a quarterback, golf is at this point is a little bit better than him. He has more experience. He's played in big enough games. Um, this, you know, he's been around six, seven years. So, as far as you guys right now, you guys had an edge as far as uh, the rebuilds totally. You guys okay. were seven and eight, and I picked you guys to win against Carolina, but y'all jagged off and make and I and I didn't get that win in my pick'em sheet. But uh -huh. that being said, uh -huh. yeah, but you, but yeah. being said, well, you guys got it, man. You got it. golf. I can't. Even, I didn't well, see him playing as well, man. I can't even. Uh, he's he's really been. Solid most most of this year. You guys' defense was slow coming along, but as far as you guys having that quarterback, golf kind of scares me a little bit. He can play a little bit. <laughs> that, that's fair because Justin Fields scares me a lot. Yeah, me too. He scares. Like, the Lions has got the edge right now, but let's have this conversation after the after the draft because, like I said, if the Bears go out and try to get a big receiver, free agency, you're not going to get it. You're going to have to go trade something. There's not really anything that big in my eye out there in free agency, but draft, if you don't get one of those good defensive players, 
you get a if you get a good offensive lineman in the offseason too, you that's that's what you got to get is offensive linemen and defensive linemen because our defense has been ferocious. Are, are you let me put it to you like this? I've heard it a few times. Are you guys willing to trade uh, draft capital? To uh, get that number one wide receiver, uh, I do hear Mike saying DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals, as we all know here, are in a very precarious state. Um, it's looking like like the the Kyler Murray resigning. Ooh, I, I don't know where to start with that. Um, you know, it's it's we're division rivals. It's yeah, it's easy to beat up on on the Bears, but look, as a Lions fan, we've been exactly where you guys are at. Um, but I think you guys are in a great situation next year with all that cap space. I think if you guys go out there and, and, and nab a veteran offensive lineman or two, address your defense, you guys could be in this a lot quicker than us. The, the Bears, we've never had, as a fan my whole life, I've never seen us have this much going on. You have the quarterback. You have the yeah. running back. You have two running backs. You have yeah. the tight end. You have a Mooney, like, and cap yeah. space and draft picks. Never yeah. seen it. I might we might have saw it with uh Cutler, uh Bennett, yeah. Forte, Jefferson. Yeah, but they didn't do nothing with it. But this is like probably yeah. since that time frame that I saw offense, and I'm like, it's a scary. As you say, as you say in the draft, like I don't I personally would rather see them lose out than win out because if we win out, we could skip four positions. Three. The Broncos. Good point. I agree. I agree. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, guys, for coming on the show. We're going to move into our last segment now. And I think it is it is actually a, probably an internet first. We've had two Chicago Bear pan, fans on the same panel, and not once has 1985 been mentioned. So kudos <laughs> to you guys for, for keeping yourself in the present and the future. I really appreciate that. It's time now for our last segment. This is the outro of our song. It's a segment we like to call predictions and uh, we're going to get some predictions from these Bears fans on this upcoming Lions game Sunday at Ford Field where the Detroit Lions are a five-point favorite against the Chicago Bears. I'm going to start with you Mike the Bear fan. Detroit minus five at home. Who you got? Give me a score. You got to play the points. Like I said before I think we're going to lose out I think we're going to play pretty decently, but I don't think we have enough tools to win at this time. I believe the Lions will win. I believe we will cover the spread. I think it'll be 21-17. I like it. I like it. He likes the Bears to cover the spread. It's a divisional game. They're always close. I think five might be too many in this game, especially if the Lions aren't able to shake off that performance they had in Carolina. Guy. Time for you. Give me a winner and a score in this game. Well, we're going to my Bears fan, my be- my brother over there, man. And I know Mike from working with him when I'm on our own podcast, CNG Song. What's up, Mike? But I'm going my I'm going my brother over there, man. I'm going Detroit, man. I'm, we're going to cover the spread, like you said. And I'm going to go 28-20. Lions win. Bears Lions win 28-20. Then they the Lions cover the spread. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll have. All right, guys, I appreciate your honesty. We usually kick everyone off so you don't have to hear us be homers, but I'm going to let you guys stay on today since you guys both picked the Lions to win. Greg Rice, (laughs) it's a topsy-turvy world. It's weird, upside-down, freaky Friday on a Monday night main stage. I want you to give me your winner and a score at Greg Rice 20. If the Lions give double the effort that they gave against the Panthers, we will lose this game. Um, absolutely what we saw against the Panthers, that's how bad and atrocious that play was. 
I will say this. I expect this Lions team to be absolutely motivated. Um, we need a statement win versus the Bears to build up our confidence. I don't think a close game win gives us much hope going into Lambeau the following week. Hope to God we do not, we're not overlooking the Bears like we obviously did the Panthers. I'll take the Lions uh, 30 to 21 in this game. Greg Rice, 30 to 21. He says the Lions covered by 11. Now that seems a little bit more like it. They put up 31 against the Bears last time on the road. I certainly think they could put up 30 uh, at home. I like that call out 30 to 21. Russell Wayne, the Jared Goff fan club president. <laughs> In this game, I think that the I, I have respect for the Chicago Bears. I love the idea that you guys have a Madden pool when it comes with your offseason. Because every yeah. time I always start franchise mode, getting rid of all the old guys and then, and then, and then getting a, a draft set up. And, uh, and I really appreciate that. But we did get our asses kicked by Carolina on uh, Saturday, and it was demoralized. And I think that I think Dan Campbell is going to challenge the offensive line to play extra physical in this division game at home. I, Justin Fields is a weapon. So I do think they're going to score some points on our defense. So I'm going to pick the Lions to win 31-21. I thought you said that we were going to hear some Homer answers. <laughs> Definitely some Homer, Homer answers. answers. Oh, that's legit. That's <laughs> Good. I mean, that's only nine. Okay, well, she saved the best for last. But I'm going to get my prediction in real quick. I, I think the Lions are going to crush them. I'm going to say it's going to be 28 nothing. Lions win this game at home. They're going to blank Justin Fields. The defense got embarrassed, just like the Carolina Panthers defense got embarrassed the week and two weeks before, and they came out and showed everybody what's what. I think the Lions do the same thing this week against the Chicago Bears. Hey, Guys, Bears fans, thanks so much for being on. Uh, you guys were great in week 10. You're great again here in week 16. We appreciate you so much. Much yes. respect to you and your fans and your franchise. Thanks for coming on and representing your team well. We're going to reach back out to you. Don't forget about the main event, 365 Extravaganza. We're going to be running on draft day in April. The NFL 2023 draft is on April 24th. Uh, this year and the, the main event will be leading up we'll have special guests when the bears are on the clock we're going to have mike the bear fan and guy right here in the same panel talking about what they're going to pick we're going to look back at this day and remember what you guys said they should have drafted and see if the bears listen to you and get some more in-depth analysis at that time so thanks again guys for coming on for everybody who put their comments in on the open mic night we really appreciate you big dan davis says 28 24 lions one Facebook user says offense and defense are showing up pissed off and highly motivated. Lions 33, Bears 21. I love that uh, take as well. So for all of the people on our panel at Greg Rice 20 on the West Coast, our illustrious producer, Mr. Russ Wayne, Guy Skywalker from the CNG podcast. Where can people listen to the podcast, Guy, before we go? Yes, to the podcast on our Facebook page, the CNG podcast, along with me and my partner, CJ Scott. Uh, YouTube, CNG Podcast, uh, Twitter, CNG Podcast, and we're also on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts. If you guys, if anybody's interested in just listening, we are also on, on audio streams as well. Awesome. CNG Podcast. Be sure to check them out, Chicago Bears content. Like All right. It. Russell Wayne, Greg Rice, Mike the Bear fan, and Guy, CNG Podcast. I'm Main Event Mike. God bless each and every one of you. Peace out. Thank you.